Coming up on the WAC podcast, basketball season is nearly here. The WAC basketball media days took place this week. Kendra Sheehan talked to 26 head coaches and more than 50 players. We'll talk about the teams picked to win the WAC this season. Football, we're into week eight already. Stephen F. Austin with a huge victory over Tarleton this past week. And believe it or not, our first championship coming up just next week. It'll be cross-country followed by women's soccer. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Basketball season, can you believe it? It's middle of October already. We were at the University of Texas Arlington, our new neighbor, We're going to have a big announcement coming up next week regarding our move to the great city of Arlington, Texas. Eric Danner here with Kendra Sheehan, and we are at uh, different spots here because Kendra is going to be going to Maverick Madness here in a little bit and excited to see that. There's also going to be some volleyball happening uh, as ACU plays UTA, but Kendra, first off, 26 interviews, you were, you were, uh, What's the word? Grit. I think grit was a, is a good term for the last couple of days for you, but you also got to learn a lot about whack basketball and what's going to be happening this season. Yeah. Grit, tenacity, willpower. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was certainly uh it was, you know, uh, it was 26 teams. It was a, a monster of a broadcast that we were. Oh, nice. One of the coaches trying to contact you, uh, maybe had an issue with something you said there. Oh yeah. No, (laughs) (laughs) but it was, it was a monster broadcast. We were on ESPN plus starting at 9am central time, got off. We had an hour break in between for some lunch because we got to eat obviously, but getting off around two 45 off the air. But, you know, it was, it was a really fun two days. We got to talk to, um, for the most part, co- we got to talk to every single coach, but then for the most part, two, two players on every single team. Um, and so we, we did learn a lot. I can tell you that, you know, especially in the men's side first, uh, you know, that league is stacked with talent. You know, there's a lot of new, uh, new, I guess, new looks to teams, you know, yeah. you look at like New Mexico state that had a complete roster. Totally overall. Yes. But, um, and we add in, you know, Southern Utah, who was a big sky contender last year, they're going to come in and make an immediate impact. And really you can see, you know, top eight, eight teams that you're looking at. You can see eight teams, you know, vying for that number one whack seed for the tournament. And also, you know, that whack, WAC Vegas tournament championship on the women's side. It's really the same thing. We have so many potential teams that, um, you know, can, can really make some waves, especially in the postseason. even teams that, you know, when six and 12 in, in conference play last year, I don't think their record necessarily defines who they were. And then they return some of those key pieces and, you know, we can expect a lot of big things from them. And especially adding the fact that only one team doesn't make it to Vegas this year. So it's a 12 team tournament and then all teams are eligible. So really it's anybody's game, but it was really fun uh, to hear some of the players. I think a few things that stood out was uh, 
let's see, like Dima Zador, who transferred from Grand Canyon to UTRGV. Vaqueros were picked at the bottom of the uh, coach's preseason poll. And uh, he was like, you guys have no idea what's coming to you guys this year. You know, he had, he, of course, is playing with a chip on his shoulder, but there's a lot of, you know, fun, fun, you know, phrases that we had from everybody saying, hey, look out, we're going to, we're coming for you. Emily Isaacson, she had said, doesn't matter, you know, the size, it's the heart. And, you know, there were, there were a lot of cool things that happened. Then, of course, I think actually my favorite moment would have had, would, would have been when, uh, or when, uh, Grand Canyon head coach Bryce Drew had called out our basketball analyst, Mike O'Donnell, when he was asking about his leather pants that he wore for GCU's uh, Midnight Madness. And Mike O'Donnell had said, hey, where, where did you find those pants? And Coach Drew goes, I went into your closet, Mike, when you weren't there. That's <laughs> a savage I mean, response. It was fun. Who knew that fun. Mike had leather pants, right? I mean. I know, right? <laughs> and I mean, then. The following day, kind of a similar question from Kelly Burke to Molly Miller is on Midnight Madness at GCU. Their theme, I think, was 80s hair bands or something to that effect, where they were kind of dressed up like, you know, 80s rockers, you know, with the long hair and the crazy outfits. And I think Molly was a little, uh, maybe a little nicer in her response. Yeah, she uh, she did not uh, say that she took them from Kelly's closet. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was Molly Miller's birthday also when we talked to her. It was, yeah. So. Now, the men's preseason poll, the aforementioned Grand Canyon Lopes on top. And like you said, Kendra, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see, of course, the new cast of characters for most teams. But Javon Blackshire Jr. back for Grand Canyon. He's the preseason player of the year. He also got a chance to talk with Gabe McLaughlin. He's been there for quite some time. He got to play in the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago, was a starter. So they have guys with experience. Of course, there's going to be some new faces. So you have to wait to see how they gel. Of course, New Mexico State picked number two with almost an entirely new cast. Greg Hire, the new head coach. We had Mike Peak as one of the people you talked to as I think one of only maybe two returners for New Mexico State this year, but Xavier Pinson is on the team. He's preseason all whack. He's a transfer from LSU, started almost every game for the Tigers last year. So a power five talent now in the whack for New Mexico State. Stephen F. Austin, they're picked third. Didn't have anybody on the first uh, first team preseason, but uh, they will be also a team to watch. Of course, Abilene Christian, brand new building. Uh, they did receive a first place vote, checking in at number four. And CBU, kind of a, a sneaky one there, Kendra. You had a chance to talk with Rick Croy and Taryn Armstrong. And the name that uh, that might be the toughest in the whack, I'll have you say it for CBU. Blondo Chiqueño. Blondo Chiqueño. Uh, they're picked number five. So, of course, Taryn Armstrong made such a splash last year, was injured uh, for a stretch during the middle part of the season. If he's at full strength, he, he could be as good as any player in the league as well. So at the, those five teams at the top uh, should be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like you mentioned, I mean, it, it'll be tough to decide who is, you know, any of those teams. And then there's even some that didn't receive first place votes that I, I feel can also be contenders with what they have. And then there's a lot of question marks. And so it'd be interesting to see how it plays out, especially with a lot of these teams having some pretty brutal non-conference schedules. Seattle U, one of those teams as well. They were uh, one of our top teams in the league last year. They do return 
Cameron Tyson and Riley Grigsby were both uh, preseason first team. Do lose uh, Darian Trammell, who transferred. But with those two guys, Kendra, I mean, on any given night, uh, you wonder if it could really benefit them not having Trammell there because they kind of took turns, it seemed like, who who the top scorer was each night. And maybe now that it's just those two, and who knows, you know, maybe some other guys step up this year. But having, you know, they, they could benefit possibly from not having that guy there. Yeah, if he's Trammell no longer the roster, other guys are are going to be forced to step up. And that's, you know, one of those things where you see head coach Chris Victor, who took over the program just days before the season started last year, and what he was able to do with that program in that situation uh, for Seattle to have, you know, one of their best seasons in 50 plus years, I think it was. Yeah. Like back to the Elgin Baylor days. Elgin Baylor days. When they went to the NCAA championship game and lost to Kentucky and Elgin Baylor was MVP of the NCAA tournament that year. Uh, Utah Valley, Mark Madsen, he's always got to be in contention. Sam Houston, their, their last year in the WAC and, and Jason Hooten's team. Remember, they, they got on a hot streak and you mentioned the new teams. Tarleton, Billy Gillespie, you can never count him out. Utah Tech, John Judkins. I mean, they, they seem to be making strides every year they're picked 12 and then UTRGV I guess somebody has to be picked last maybe a, a bit of a, a surprise there that you know they're number 13 as you mentioned they they aren't too happy about it and that could be motivation for them but will be a lot of fun to check out men's basketball which is going to be starting what here November 7th November 7th is the official tip off day of course a lot of teams playing in exhibition games uh that week before, but November 7th is the day. And a lot of our most everything, I believe every single one of our men's teams will play on that Monday. A numerous, numerous women's teams will, but a numerous, uh, numerous women's teams will. And then some of our women's teams will also start their season at Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. And then you have a chance, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast here, that uh, you're going to be going to Mav Madness. Also, WAC volleyball as we're kind of in the middle of WAC volleyball season. Abilene Christian playing at UTA tonight and then followed by Mav Madness, their version of Midnight Madness. We've seen uh, several schools do this across the league. I believe it's the first time UTA will be doing this, but trying to generate some excitement for their basketball team. And you'll be live on Instagram most of the night, right? Yeah, super excited to uh, check out some volleyball. You know, I've only really in person seen one match, and that was Southern Utah, Utah Tech. And, man, that was a good one, a huge rivalry. And so uh, UTA just being down the road from us now, get to go check that out. And then I'm also super excited to see what they uh, what they have for their Midnight Madness. You know, any hype and any sort of, you know, exposure that they can bring to their program I think is good. It'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Their women's teams coming off a of, NCAA tournament appearance from the Sun Belt. They won the conference tournament there. And so they've got a great team. We're going to be in the same building that the WNBA Dallas Wings play in. And so very excited. It's a beautiful facility. So I'm super excited for everyone to be able to see that. It's kind of a, a gem here in uh in Arlington. So should be a lot of fun. Instagram live. Uh, and you know, just our Instagram story, you'll definitely want to follow along. UT Arlington's women picked number two in the preseason coaches poll. As you mentioned, they won the Sunbelt tournament last year, returned star Jacobs uh, for the Mavericks, but the team picked to win 
on the women's side is the same team that won last year, Stephen F. Austin, picking up nine first place votes. They have quite a few players back, Kendra, but will be missing uh, maybe one of their uh, most important players from last season. Yeah, last year's WAC tournament MVP, Zaya Nugent, uh, is going to be out for the entire season due to a knee injury, which you absolutely hate to see because, you know, she really came on strong, especially at the end. In the postseason, she hit some some critical shots for, for the Lady Jacks, but they do return Ayana Johnson, who's our preseason Women's Player of the Year. She is... Uh, very familiar with that program. She's been around quite some time. Also, her sisters, Imani, Imani and uh, Aliyah, have also played for the Lumberjacks, so or the Lady Jacks. So she is she's the final sister remaining. What a way for her to go out in her senior year. They've also got you know Avery Brittingham, who we talked to uh, uh, last or yesterday, I guess, in, in the uh, media day. She averaged almost nine points a game. So they've got some cool pieces. I mean, they, they're they back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances, two conferences in two years, and they both they won both those conference tournaments. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they can, uh, how they can follow up what they were able to do the last two seasons. A little behind the scenes here, the light, uh, the overhead light went out. So yeah, uh, new studio here, still working out some of the kinks, if you will. It's a good um, thing also, a- Kendra, I know everybody video. listening to the podcast is going to be interested. For I was looking for the camera that you uh, film with and didn't see it initially. Oh, yeah, it would be in, in my cubicle. There's a plastic bin and then there's like the big cardboard box on top of it. It's okay, in yeah. plastic bin. That's where the camera is. Yeah. Okay. Good spot for it. What was was what was getting uh, nervous there that it may have disappeared. Oh no. Okay, so we're good. Back to women's basketball. Midnight Madness. Mav Madness. Number three, Grand Canyon. Molly Miller. Always a lot of fun to talk to. You said it was her birthday. New players coming in, and she's gone to the transfer portal a little bit here, and uh, didn't have to look too far to find a couple of players who she knew pretty well to start with. And Aaliyah Collins transferring from Chicago State was one of the top freshmen in the league last year. And also Sydney Palma from California Baptist. Of course, CBU has had a great run the last two, three years in the WAC as well. She, we, we saw this happen last year with Amara Graham transferring from UTRGV to Grand Canyon. So she's had some success there and went back to the same strategy. Yeah, Amahara Graham, uh, that's a huge loss for the Lopes this season. But yeah, it is uh, It is interesting. Molly Miller is, is, I wouldn't say known for it, but we've seen it quite a bit. She she looks at the portal. She sees these these players that are in there, and, and she said it. She's like, it's a cheat code for the WAC. Why not bring in some of these players? Aliyah Collins playing at Chicago State, her freshman year, Chicago State, no longer in the league. But she she was you know, one of the top performers for, for the Cougars, she was scoring 14.6 points a game. That was seventh in the league. And so her defensive style is uh, matches exactly what Molly Miller does over at GCU. So we talked to her about that adjustment. Um, And then Sid Palma at CBU. I mean, they, GCU and CBU have battled it out in the postseason, you know, for the past couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, they have made two back-to-back appearances in the championship for the, in Vegas, but they never, or at least the last two years, they haven't come away with that, 
with that title. So you know that that's got to be on their mind. They're hungry this season. And what I loved is, is one day Molly said that coach Miller said that the, uh, the, the women were in the gym working and she was like, you guys have been working too hard. Like, I mean, seriously, you guys are in the gym all the time. Like, no, you guys are coming to my house and we're going to have a pool party. And so it's, you love that balance, but it's, you can tell that this is a hungry team based on, you know, how the things have ended for them in, uh, in Vegas, the last two years. Speaking of pool party, you talked to Susie Barcombe from Seattle U and they had a road trip uh, to Greece uh, during the summer and she had a, an interesting story about how, you know, one, they had like a, what, a 24 hour layover and broke out the, the whiteboard, started drawing up plays. And then also uh, they got tired of looking at all the, uh, the historical stuff. And was, they were like, coach, can we go to the beach? Yeah, I know. She was like, well, guys, this is where the first marathon was, you know, run. And there, you know, of course, if you're, if you're a player, even I would probably do the same thing. Like, okay, cool. I see it. I look at it. Let's hit the beach. And so uh, there were numerous amounts of our, our teams that uh, took international trips in the off season, which I found to be very interesting, but also very beneficial for a lot of these teams, especially the ones that have eight plus new faces on the rosters, uh, Seattle, you being, being a team that has eight newcomers, eight returners. So the benefit of that is you get some extra practice time. You get to play some different opponents than you really would ever have the opportunity to, you can play some European opponents that play a different style of basketball. And so very, uh, very great opportunity all around. And also of course, a once in a lifetime experience to uh, immerse yourself in, in another country's culture. California Baptist, you, you mentioned a little bit ago, their rivalry with GCU, they're picked number four this year. Of course, Jared Olson's had a lot of success the last couple of years, but they do lose a ton there, including Ani Oleda, uh, who's, who's been there all everything guard and, and a number of players, but the cupboard isn't completely bare for the Lancers this year. It's not completely bare. They do have Brittany Clayman, who's going to be their grad guard, her third year with the program. They got Trinity San Antonio. She was a freshman last year going into her sophomore year. She was one of very few Lancers to play in every single game. She started 15 of them. Uh, she, she averaged about seven points a game. She's somebody who can step up. It certainly will be interesting to see what they look like, especially in the early initial games because you mentioned that they lose Ani Oleda. We lose last year's black player of the year, Caitlin Harper, Brittany Thomas, Georgia Dale. And one of the things that we also had talked about quite a bit yesterday was just the way that the college landscape is. I mean, a lot of these teams look so different from last year. You have players that, you know, the mid-major programs are often, you know, a feeding system for, you know, those power five programs. You got Caitlin Harper, the black player of the year last year, transferring to Purdue. And you'll see, you know, we had Josie Williams for Utah Valley, who was an absolute monster on the floor. She's now at Louisville. And so you'll see a lot of these roster changes. So coach Olson had mentioned, you know, it's just about adapting. We got to go with, you know, who we, we have on the floor and, and we got to put a, put a product together. Abilene Christian, number five. Julie Goodenough, their head coach, again, another person who has a lot of energy, a lot of fun to talk to there. Of course, they have the new arena, and, and they have pretty high expectations. When you look at it, Kendra, there's some similarities between the men's and women's polls, 
ACU in the top five in both, GCU in the top five in both, Stephen F. Austin top five in both, California Baptist top five in both. So you see these programs that are, are really on the rise and, and Abilene Christian is in that group as well. Abilene Christian, certainly they deserve to be in that group. I think, you know, they, they were one and done, I believe in Vegas last year as the five seed, they were upset by UTRGV, but uh, they returned some, some pretty key, key pieces, Maddie Miller being one of them. She'll be in her fifth season, I believe with the Wildcats. She, she's returning for her grad season and uh, Bella Earl, who was a freshman last year, showed flashes of greatness. But the cool thing about them is they're playing in this newly renovated Moody Coliseum, which they haven't gotten to play the past two seasons. They've been over at Fatigue Center. And so it looks great. I mean, you could we could see it in the background yeah. at, the, at the media day, but um, very exciting. And, you know, just just listening to Maddie Miller talk about it. She was saying now they are very close. The team is really close with those donors and they know exactly who puts the money into the program. And so it's very cool that they have that kind of relationship and it's pretty cool for the players to, you know, see that. I mean, these people are, it's a lot of, a, a lot of money, a lot of support that is going into these programs. And we also kind of mentioned that it makes, you know, the players, they want to play 150% for the, the jersey they're wearing just anyway, but also knowing that the support that they're getting. Yeah, Maddie Miller had a, an interesting story that uh, you talked to her about during media day that she had written a letter and uh, kind of got it. people choked up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, how are you not going to be choked up? She she writes this beautiful letter and, and it basically it started with, uh, Julie Goodenough, head coach, Julie Goodenough calling her up and saying, Hey, Maddie, you got another year of basketball in you. And Maddie was like 100%. And, but it was, it was really cool to see, uh, coach Goodenough being so, uh, careful during that situation because she, she wanted to make sure you never want to burn a player out. You know, they have that COVID year. So you get an extra year back. Um, and, and, and sometimes players, you know, a lot of times will want to utilize it, but you have to ask and you got to make sure. And Maddie Miller was a player who was like hundred percent. I'm all in. I want to come back. Uh, a lot of it I think was on what she said is um, feeling like there's still something left there that the way that the season ended last season was not ideal and they still got something to prove unfinished business is the word I was looking for. <laughs> We're not going to talk about every single team on this podcast. We're actually going to play your interview with uh the Grand Canyon men's basketball team, the team pick finish first in the league. Uh, you and Mike O'Donnell had a chance to talk to them in our second segment, but I did want to touch on Southern Utah. We, we mentioned UTA, Southern Utah, both coming in. Uh, as far as the setup on media day, uh, they they had the team room. So everybody came in via Zoom. They had the team room and then the the cutaway camera as well. It was and it was black, you know, kind of a dark, but it was kind of well lit. They had the little earpieces in. So if we're going to give an all uh, all whack team for their setup, uh, might go to Southern Utah. Oh, yeah. Southern Utah, shout out to you guys up in Cedar City. Blew it out of the water. I mean, it was such a cool setup. It was, I told the men, it almost looked pretty intimidating just the way that the, you know, it was a dark setup, but they were, your faces were well lit. They had the earpieces so they could hear. I mean, it was so professional. And you look at, you know, Southern Utah, both the men and the women. I mean, the men were big sky contenders. The women, uh, you know, won 18 games last season. They had the second most conference wins in 
Southern Utah history last year. So both of these teams, I think, can come in and really contend for a top half spot in the league. But uh, their setup, their setup was a one. So we are looking forward to that November seventh opening night for basketball in the Western Athletic Conference and throughout the country. Football still in the middle of the season here. We had a big game we talked about last week, Kendra, as Stephen F. Austin was hosting Tarleton. And it seems like each week Stephen F. Austin plays, it's like the new, uh, you know, game of the week. Uh, this is the, they played Sam Houston, of course, in the Battle of the Piney Woods. They come back, they play Abilene Christian, where Chris Campos kicks a 51-yard field goal with no time left on the clock. Then they play Tarleton, who had been on a hot streak. But Stephen F. Austin kind of pulled away a little bit in this one. They win 41 to 24. Yeah, Stephen F. Austin is is looking really good right now. And I guess, I you know, you want to be playing your best football towards the end of the season. Of course, every game matters in the shorter football season. But um, yeah, you know, they... Uh, Coach Colby Carthel had had mentioned it after the Battle of the Piney Woods and obviously the heartbreaking loss that that was, but he said that they've really started playing a lot better. He really likes the direction that they're headed both offensively and defensively, and it seems like things are really starting to click for them. They will play at Southern Utah this Saturday, and Southern Utah was off this past week. They lost a heartbreaker to Tarleton two weeks ago, but maybe it's the black and red, you know, the uh, – the Thunderbirds that we saw at uh, Basketball Media Day, they are not an easy out, and especially in Cedar City. No, that environment there, uh, they create their fans. I mean, they're loud. They're they're on their feet the entire four hours of the game. I saw it firsthand. Of course, that was the rivalry against Utah Tech. But, um, you know, Justin Miller is, is looking – you know, it wasn't like he was bad by any means last season, but he's looking really, really, really good so far. Isaiah Wooden, one of those receivers, they seem to have a connection. When you talk to Isaiah, he mentions it. He's like day two on campus. They were they were there together working, talking, you know, trying to break down what they were going to try and do this season. They're really, really close. And so you see that, that connection. And they're also a team that you're going to want to keep your eye on. And then we also have Charlton hosting a Southwest Baptist in a non-conference game. And we will have Sam Houston visiting Utah Tech. Uh, talk to Kyle Grooms since we're now here in the Arlington office. He's going to be heading out to Utah. He's going to uh, do a little trip out there. He's also our, he's our associate commissioner for football, but he also uh, oversees baseball. He's going to go visit the Utah Valley. And then he's going to drive down to Cedar City and take in the one o'clock game against Stephen F. Austin, then drive over to St. George and check out that game at seven o'clock against Sam Houston. So he's got quite the uh, whack road trip set up, if you will, uh, go, hitting two football games in the same day. Yeah, I love that schedule, man. Why didn't I think of doing that? <laughs> I could hit two games. That's pretty cool. Is he going to be on our Instagram story? Uh, well, maybe we need to talk to him about that. Uh, yeah. Sam, excuse me, Sam Houston uh, on a bit of a hot streak now. Of course, you were there and they won the Battle of the Piney Woods. They had a week off. Then they went to Eastern Kentucky, you know, a team that's been in the top 25, won on the road this this past week. So, they seem to have gotten kind of back on track after a rough start. They will be at Utah Tech. That'll be a 7 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Yes, Sam Houston is also one of those teams that because they're in the transition, they've got extra scholarships. About 50% of their roster is 
new. And so I think it probably took some time to get everybody on the same page. When we spoke to Cody Crest at media day, he had mentioned that the newcomers are, are all, are all bought in. Um, you know, everyone is, is, is on the same page in terms of what, what they're trying to do. They don't have a WAC championship or an NCAA postseason to play for. It's just playing for quote, the standard. If you've ever listened to anything, Sam Houston, you cannot get finish anything without hearing about the standard. It's how they play. And so things are, are clicking and it, and it makes sense. They have so many new people on the roster, but, uh, seems like they're, uh, they're, uh, really getting, getting something going down there. Women's soccer, we only have two weeks left in the regular season. It's hard to believe. But Utah Tech uh, finished up a game against Southern Utah on Friday, winning one to nothing. It was one that was shortened by weather, came back and finished like a couple weeks earlier, came back and finished it. Have a, a couple of big games this week against Grand Canyon and California Baptist. If I'm doing my math correctly here, uh, Kendra, which I won't guarantee you, I think if they win, or, you know, you get the three points for a win, one point for a tie. They would clinch a spot in the WAC tournament in their first year of eligibility in the WAC tournaments. That would be quite a feat for the Trailblazers as they are 6-0-1. They have not lost a WAC contest 10-2-1 on the season. Wow. Yeah, that's certainly eye-popping statistics, especially, you know, for for a team that wasn't eligible. And, and going back to, you know, not really just basketball media days, but also, you know, looking at this, all, all of those transitioning teams are eligible for WAC championships this season, something new that the WAC is doing to give these student athletes something to, to play for. And, and when we asked all of those student athletes during media day, I mean, it was huge. You know, they, they couldn't control their destiny last year. Basically they had a hard out. And so, you know, they have these, these goals. And so I'm sure for, you know, every other program, it's, it's the same having that ability to play in the postseason term in Utah tech, my goodness, they're really going for it. <laughs> they are, they are in the, the uh, men's soccer tournament will be the following week Kendra, and you'll be heading to California Baptist. Now they're, they're going to be having their first basketball games of the season that same week. And you're going to be doing one of our famous WAC road trips as part of that. But uh, Air Force still atop the WAC standings at 4-0. San Jose State, uh, don't sleep on the Spartans. They are now 3-0-1 in the WAC, and they've also won four matches in a row. You can never sleep on the Spartans. That is a squad that last year um... – they won, they won one match in the postseason conference tournament, and they were battling hard. But, of course, um, you know, I believe they were playing uh, a team that hadn't played. They had a bye all the way until right. the beginning of that. So, so I think, you know, tired legs played a factor there. But San Jose State's going to be good every year. Uh, I'm blanking on, I want to say, Coach Simon. Simon. Tobin. Yes, there we go. Coach, I'm like, I know it's Simon. <laughs> so he, he puts together a relatively strong squad each year. And so they're right now on that hot streak. And that's what you want to be doing as you reach the end of the season, building that momentum. And as we've mentioned before, you can't sleep on Pete Fewing and the Seattle U Redhawks. They hit a lull uh, in the first part of the season. They came out like gangbusters, beat number four Notre Dame. Then they lost to Kentucky, who was also a top 10 team, lost to Louisville, and then kind of just went on a, on a bit of a tough streak, playing tough opponents. Oregon State, Washington, certainly nothing to uh, uh, hang your head about, but 
seemed to have a, a little bit of a tough time getting it going. And now here they are as we're uh, approaching the middle part of their, their schedule in the WAC and they're three and one third place in the conference. Uh, coming on two game win, two match win streak right now. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that is not going to be easy to defeat, especially in the postseason. They won the WAC tournament last year in, in PKs. They returned their same goalkeeper, Akili Kasim, who is just an absolute menace in the net. You do not, I repeat, do not leave anything up to PKs when he is in the net because you think, you know, oh, it's it's a lucky stop. No, try he can do that like six times in his career. He's got no problem reading the uh reading the player, knowing exactly where they're going to go and making that block. Yeah, he's uh, won two WAC tournaments as the goalkeeper, both via PKs, so he is outstanding. And a, a good story there, too, as well. In uh, volleyball, which is going to be our last championship of the fall, UTRGV, six in a row. There They continue their win streak. They are 17-4 and four on the season. But another team, it seems like, you know, you talk about Seattle U men's soccer, they're always going to be there at the end. Utah Valley Volleyball. This is a team <laughs> year in and year out. Don't count out uh, Sam Matoa and his team. Kaznatana Vasa, always one of the top players in the league. And look at them, number two in the league right now uh, after six matches. After what? Did they have the seven seed? Was it last year? Was it the eight seed? It was the seven seed, yes. And they seven seed and they go ahead and, and they win, win the whole tournament and they beat Grand Canyon in, in dominant fashion. Of course, UTRGV going to be the host site for it. So in, in addition to having home court advantage, looks like they're going to have top seed advantage as well. Well, there is a lot more volleyball yet, yet to be played, but the way yeah. they are, they are playing. I know everybody down in Edinburgh is super excited to be hosting Sorry, that I tournament. I don't want to jinx you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stephen F. Austin also uh, still playing well at six and two. Uh, UTA, the team you're going to be watching tonight over at the College Center, they are four and three in the WAC. So they uh, would like to add to that resume while Abilene Christian, the other team you'll be watching, two and five. So they're going to have to string together some wins to kind of get back in the hunt as eight teams will make it to the WAC volleyball tournament. Yeah, this presents an awesome opportunity for UTA if they can do it to pull out another win or Abilene Christian is, I wouldn't say they're running out of time, but you know, they really need to start uh, stringing things together. You never count any team out because as you know, basketball media days is the theme of said podcast. We remember Sam Houston women's basketball started whack play. Owen six, everyone counted them out. They went on a seven game win streak, secured a spot in Vegas. Yeah. I think a top half spot at that when we come back, speaking of basketball, we're going to hear from Bryce Drew, uh, Javon Blackshire Jr., and Gabe McLaughlin. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. I'm in the studio. Kendra getting ready for Mad Madness over at UTA tonight. Kendra, you had a chance to talk to 
Grand Canyon coach Bryce Drew, he said in the uh, first segment how he gave Mike O'Donnell a hard time about his leather pants collection. Javon Blackshire Jr., Gabe McLaughlin, they're picked number one in the league this year. You know, some people embrace it, some people don't want it. It seemed like uh, Grand Canyon really embraces it. Grand Canyon did embrace it, and and they're a team that, you know, they – they somehow seem to block out the noise though. One of my favorite things about Javon Blackshire Jr. is I got a chance to speak with him last year at media day and you look at his stats and he just gets, he continues to get better. He averages more points per game, does more on the floor every single year. And so last year, after having a really, really great previous season, I was like, how do you just continue to block out the noise and, and just go to work and get better. And he said, that's exactly it. I mean, I, I can't think of that. I have to get in the gym and, and get better. Sure enough, he has another incredible season. He's our preseason player of the year. And and he's just a very humble guy. He just is all about the gym, all about the work. And this is a team that lost a lot of their our crazy dunk, high-flying Sean Miller Moore, Holland Woods, Tayshawn Cherry. I mean, it was a fun, fun, fun squad to watch last year, but we got some good guys coming back and can't wait to see a what they put out on the floor this year. Yeah, Gabe McLaughlin, no slouch himself uh, on the highlight reel. He was yeah. part of Media Day. And here's what uh, the Grand Canyon Lopes had to say with Kendra Sheehan and Mike O'Donnell. Let's bring in the Lopes now, head coach Bryce Drew. Javon Blackshire Jr., the preseason player of the year, and, of course, the All-Wack first team, and Gabe McLaughlin, All-Wack second team. Thanks for joining us. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Thanks for having us on and uh, great to be with you and great to have these two guys back for another season at GCU. I'm sure you are thrilled to have those two guys back, what they've done last season. Coach, you're the preseason coaches poll, the favorite to win the league this year. With the two players that you got beside you, what can we expect out of this offense this year? Well, I feel a lot better with these guys with the balls in their hands. Um, they have a lot of experience. Uh, they've played really well so far in the preseason. And, um, you know, they have high expectations, you know, for both of them and for our team. Coach Drew, I, I, I caught a lot of Midnight Madness on social media, and I, I've never called a game there. It's definitely on the bucket list. I would love the opportunity to call a game and the best part in college basketball. But I got to ask you, Midnight Madness, where'd you find those leather pants, man? Oh, well, I, I, I kind of invaded your closet when you weren't home. And, uh, oh, wow. So, so I hope you liked them. Dink. But, oh, it's uh, a kidney shot. Wow. But uh, my, my, my wife is uh, is pretty creative, so as soon as she knew the theme, she got online and, and started wearing all this stuff, and I was adamant, no, 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 no. And uh, she kind of got it all and, and made me put it on. So, But fun night, really fun night, uh, a great night for our whole campus. Coach Drew, a savage, did not know that about you. <laughs> Love to see it. Coach, you got the preseason player of the year sitting next to you. What does it mean as a coach to have a guy like that that you can rely on that heavily on the floor to take care of business? Well, you know, the point guard position is so important uh, in, in all levels of basketball, especially college. Uh, you know, you need someone who can distribute the ball, take care of the ball, knows what to do with the ball, knows what to do with your team. And uh, when you have those things, you have a really good player. And, you know, that's what we have in Javon. I think when you add on top the experience that he's gained the last three years while at GCU, um, I think he's really primed, you know, to have his best season um, in his four of being here. Javon, obviously, uh, preseason expectations are sky high, and you are preseason player of the year. I know it's kind of as a, as a player, it's enjoyable to hear that, 
but you can't think about it all the time because you start losing focus. And with that being said, you guys know when you have high expectations, how has practice been for the Lopes? You've got a lot of talent returning, a lot of new faces. How has that gone so far for you guys? Um, practice has been well. Uh, our coaching staff brought in um, a few new guys who um, blended in well with us. Um, so just practice right now is just competitive and uh, learning right now, getting up and down. Javon, last year I talked to you at Media Day, and I asked you if you felt the pressure to continue to perform, that you had a really good season before, and could you do it again? Well, you certainly did. You averaged a career-best 15.8 points per game. How do you continue just to flush out the noise and continue to get better and better each and every season? Um, I just put in a lot of work in the gym over the summer, um, good with my coaching staff and my teammates, um, my personal trainers. Just put a lot of hours in the gym. Um, when I'm on the court, I just let it all out. So it's kind of natural. Coach, uh, you know, one guy that I'm really excited to see suit up and play for you guys, and I think uh, Lopes fans are as well, uh, is, is Rayshon Harrison and what he brings. He 17 a game at Presbyterian, had great scoring ability, was really consistent. How has he fit into this offense and your culture so far in the preseason? You know, transfers, you never know until they get on campus and start to play with your team, um, you know, how long it's going to take for that, that rhythm, you know, to come and that chemistry. Um, we've been really pleased with uh, Rayshon and all of our transfers. Uh, we feel like it's been a really smooth transition from their previous schools to ours. Um, again, I think having Javon and Gabe really help, you know, having experience that know how we want things done. And, um, you know, we love Rayshon. We think um, he's going to have a great season this year and be a great, uh, great addition, you know, with Gabe and Javon to give us a nice uh, scoring punch for the three of them. Gabe, third season with the Lopes. You've been with Coach Drew for his entirety at GCU. What have you seen this program do over the course of your time at GCU and under the guidance of someone like Bryce Drew and what he has done in his coaching career? I think the big thing is uh, what Coach Drew brought to the um, to this program is just the culture. I mean, you you can feel the love that's just there, uh, the faith aspect, um, just the foundation that is laid. Um, it's all about you know just each other. You know, there's not um, really a me involved in it. It's it's the team always, and so just being to be a part of that for three years and be able to grow in that is something amazing, and that's that's what makes this team special. Gabe, you made a nice jump last season. You became a starter, and I'm kind of getting uh, 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 you know, some information uh, uh, behind the scenes that you really worked on the jumper in the offseason. Is that true, and, and what was that process like? Yeah, I mean, um, kind of like what Javon said earlier is just like hard work, you know, putting in the hours over the summer, um, really being dedicated to it and, you know, being detail-oriented with all the work that you're putting in. And um, it's something exciting, and I'm, I'm – Hopeful to show you guys uh, what it's like during the season. But, uh, yeah, still continuing to put in work. Gabe, I know you have battled knee injuries throughout the course of your entire basketball career. To be able to continue playing and to be able to play at the high level at which you do, what does it mean for you to be able to step on the floor this year and, and be a starter and be somebody who, who can average, you know, over nine points a game, who can be second on the team in rebounds and just continue to get better and better each season? Yeah, I mean, I'm just thankful, ultimately. I mean, just to have the opportunity to, to be out here, um, just to be a part of the team. Um, 
and just, you know, have this opportunity that, you know, many people don't usually get. Um, so ultimately just feeling blessed uh, just to just to be here. So thankful very much. Coach sure, I know it's always great uh, uh, considering the um, uh, craziness of the transfer portal. We have guys like Gabe and Javon back. It's it's so great for the nucleus of the team. But you still have quite a new face, uh, a number of new faces on the squad and in terms of Noah Bauman, Logan Landers, Josh Baker. How are those guys fitting into the uh, their new role, uh, the new system, new culture? How's that been so far for the new faces? You know, the real test will come when we start doing scrimmages, uh, playing games. Uh, we'll be able to see a lot more. You know, right now we really like how the pieces fit. We like how uh, players that have come together and um, and the chemistry has been really good on the court. Uh, but, like we said, when uh, scrimmages come in games, um, in a couple of weeks I'll be able to answer that much, much better, I think. We just caught a glimpse of that fabulous outfit once again. Now, what I think is super cool, Javon, you had attended four of five Midnight Madness events before your college career. Now this year you come in, you have a Midnight Madness, and you're the preseason player of the year. Has it sort of feel like it, it comes full circle? Um, yeah, um, but it's just an honor and a blessing um, overall. Of course, with the media and the coaching staff uh, nominating me for preseason player of the year. Um, and our havocs to put on a show for them is always good. They show support, so we just love it. Uh, Coach, I'd like to talk about, you know, we talk about the grittiness and toughness and defensive mindset of the WAC, and it's just a rock fight every single conference game. And obviously uh, uh, the tournament out in Vegas, WAC Vegas, is just an awesome spectacle from a fan's point of view. But you guys get a linear game on TV, on national TV this year at, at home. And what does that mean to your program and that community to be on the biggest stage? It's Friday night on ESPNU. Well, you know, we were, we were uh, very thankful to get a game last year. That platform really helped us on um, our program, our campus, people, people across the country to realize how special, you know, the atmosphere was, um, you know, that we have here at GCU. And uh, another great opportunity, I think, for, you know, for our campus, for our, for our fans, for our players, uh, to be able to show the country, again, all our hard work and what we put in to make this place uh, very special. A new element that the WAC is adding this year is the new seating system to determine how the postseason basketball tournament is seated. And it's based on non-conference schedule include and also the conference play, of course. But, you know, with GCU being one of the toughest places to play in the country with that environment that you guys create, how tough is it for you guys to bring in big time opponents to that arena? Uh, you know, it's challenging, uh, but you can probably ask every coach in the WAC and they would say the same thing. You know, it's very challenging. Um, you know, our league's really good. You know, if, if you go back, you know, years ago to where it is now, um, the caliber of teams, you know, we have many conference champions that came from other conferences that are now in our league. Um, and then with the addition, you know, of, of the teams that are still here that have been really successful in the past. Um, you know, this is a really, really good conference. And so um, us, but others also have that challenge that, um, a lot of teams just don't want to play at the road in our homes. 
Gabe, you know, I, I think I know the answer to this question because you've been doing this, you know, for a long time. Uh, you've been part of a, a, a winning program and tradition. And when you have these huge preseason expectations, you can't think it's nice to, initially, but you can't think about it every day. Uh, what are those core tenets of, of Grand Canyon basketball? I mean, we're not in practice every day. We're not in the locker room. So what are those core tenets that you guys hold on to every day? Yeah, I think it's just, like I said earlier, the culture, you know, holding each other accountable and really the love that we have between us, um, that it's all inner circle, you know, that, you know, whatever's said outside, it's like, you know, what, I got my brother's back and we're going to go out and perform. And, um, you know, through the highs and the lows of the seasons that sometimes come about, like we're just there to support each other. So it's really just having each other's back. Javon, you've started all 85 games that you've played in at GCU, and your role has had to change over the course of your career. How have you been able to adapt and adjust your play style and still be able to find success? With the changes of coaching, um, when Bryce Drew and his staff got here, um, they did a good job of taking me under their wing and talking to me and molding me. So I'm very familiar with their system and how they like things. So um, we just blend it well, and we're just making things work right now. Javon, what do you want to tell the the Lopes fans out there to expect from you guys this season? They see it on paper, the announcement, you know, uh, of the preseason expectations. But uh, what do you want to tell the Lopes fans about this season? Um, we're, we're putting in hard work for you guys. We want to show show you guys what we uh, put in support. Um, there's a lot of good teams out here in this conference. We're going to go out every day and put on a show, uh, fight for you guys, and hopefully bring home a, a conference tournament. Gabe, you know I got to ask you that same question. What do you want to say to the Lopes fans of what they can expect this season after all the support that they have put in for the past couple of years? Yeah, that the support's appreciated and that, you know, it's going to be returned uh, tenfold. So um, we're going to keep doing our part, keep working, and that um, – you know, we're going to show you guys what it's like on the court. So. Coach sure, it sounds like you got two politicians to the left <laughs> and the right of you. I mean, that's those are some big-time answers. You, you've taught them well. Yeah, seasoned veterans, so uh, they, they, <laughs> they know how to handle themselves. And, uh, you know, we're, again, very thankful. Uh, this is a very great university that we get the opportunity to work at, to play at, and uh, we're just excited for the season to start. So going into uh, uh, the non-conference, we, we've talked about it at, at a large level of, of preseason expectations and, you know, the individual talents you have. But when you uh, – most fans are going to look at last season and just assume you guys are going to play the exact same way, right? Same system. It's going to be – everything's going to be same. Culture's going to be the same. Will we see anything different from Grand Canyon as you, you get in a new crop of players? And I know you can't get too deep into the weeds, but uh, I am curious as how – when you have new players into a new system, are you asking them to adapt to the system or are you adapting to some of the new players? Uh, definitely a little of both. You know, hopefully we're not going to turn it over as much. Hopefully we're going to make more free throws and hopefully we're going to make more threes. <laughs> um, those three things right off the top hopefully be different than last year. Um, but, but you know, the, kind of the core of what we do um, is going to be very similar. Um, there will be a little little things we do differently. We do have a little bit person, different personnel this year than last year. Um, and, and, again, as we get going, you know, it might change a little bit, you know, until we get to the conference season um, when we really get a blend of the guys and, and see, again, what the transfers do well in, in game atmosphere. 
Javon, what has it been like with those transfers? How is everybody gelling? How long does it typically take for you guys to completely come together and, and feel like, you know, it's one team out there? And, and how does that compare to previous years that you've been a part of? Um, compared to previous years, uh, I would say this team has blended well uh, pretty fast. Um, everybody here knows how to play basketball and has common sense in basketball, so we know where everybody's supposed to be. Um, everybody knows our coaching staff and how they work. Uh, me and Gabe has done a good job of leading and talking to players um, when our coaching staff are on players. Um, we let them know that it's not – what it seems like is just for the better and what they mean by that. So I think we uh, do a good example and um, showing them the right way right now. The highlight of that interview had to be Bryce Drew taking down Mike O'Donnell and, and Mike couldn't have been happier about it, Kendra. Yeah, he actually thought it was hilarious. I mean, you gotta love it. You know, if you can't, if you can't take it, don't dish it out. And that's exactly, you know, Mike O'Donnell, he, he threw out a funny comment about his pants and Bryce Drew was like one, I mean, shout out to you, Bryce Drew, the pants were sick, but uh, yeah, he's just, he had that one locked and loaded. Maybe he's a little too tired of people pointing or digging at the pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, he's, he's probably heard a few comments about that as well. Uh, Kendra, have a good time at Mav Madness tonight and uh, whack volleyball. And uh, yeah, next week, holy smoke. So we'll be getting ready for our first championship of the year. Cross country coming up and uh, a shout out the cross country. I will be going on my birthday weekend. Not that anybody literally cares, but uh, <laughs> seven in Nacogdoches. Can't wait to celebrate with the Lumberjack family. Well, I'm sure that uh, somebody cares, Kendra. I um, care. Probably a lot of people care. More people care about your birthday than my birthday. <laughs> I'm sure that is the case. Um, so that'll be a good time. I mean, I'm sure there's fun stuff to do in Nacogdoches, as well as watching football, You're uh, potentially being a part of the crew there at SFA, and also the championships. And I've always said the cross-country championships, uh, one of my favorites, I mean, uh, seriously, to cover. Um, it's over in about two hours as opposed yeah, to, you know, like six days. Yeah, yeah, that'll be – it'll be actually pretty cool, uh, you know, get in once again, get into get into – another year around the sun and getting the opportunity to continue to do what I love. That is a good way to put it and a, a good way to finish the WAC podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.